Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Here we are. Can you believe it, Ezra? This is our second Mando cast we've done. We're on a roll, baby. We are on a roll. My God. I don't even care. I'm like, ah, I don't even care. Yeah. No, this is cool. Um, so we're going to, we're going to jump right into it. Obviously we have a guest who will probably be showing up soon. So I don't want to spoil it. We got a cool guy. Oh, maybe he'll show. Maybe he won't show. It's uh, George Lucas. It's Oh, <laughs> oh that'd be so bad. He's like, Hey, I crashed you guys. He should just do that to people. That would be awesome. I wonder, <laughs> you know, I wonder what his, um, his take, his philosophy on interacting with fans is because you know i i don't know you can it's an interesting discussion to see who's more passionate the star wars fanatics or the star trek fanatics now gene roddenberry he he kind of avoided the trekkie thing but all of the actors within star trek participated i wonder what george lucas's um vibe with the fans is what what you I always do the, Hey, two things. Cause everything you say makes my mind go two ways. Okay. <laughs> um, so real quick, I think the Trekkie thing, I think Trekkies are, cause I know Trekkies and they're so devout about it's better than Star Wars, And they're insulted by a comparison. Like if you're talking to someone who doesn't know either one, yeah. if you even cross the two it's almost like calling a japanese person a chinese person like oh, they right. not like it yeah <laughs> they're like no we're how dare you yeah. and they they always say whatever star wars touches on uh star trek does it better and i mean they're so different and they're so different yeah star wars fans are more understanding of we know it's not for everybody but star yeah. trek fans are like how come you don't watch it it has because there's a lot more like love stories woven within, and I've watched it, but I watched. I it. think they're more devout. And then as far as George Lucas, I judge people off of the things, or I judge celebrities off what they're willing to participate in. And the fact that George Lucas participated in the Robot Chicken Star Wars special right. tells me, all right, he's cool because he was willing to do something with Seth Green. Yeah, Seth Green's kind of one of those. A you know what people like him and George Lucas voice voices things in it when they do like the comic-con bit yeah so um but he's probably really standoffish to have that kind of mind frame that you're an artist yeah he's probably a little well and i think being a billionaire or whatever he is also at i mean you can't feel it it's got to have a level of pressure like think about it he's got a target on his back Right. So many haters and so many people who see him as want to take advantage of whatever so that he's not just has that celebrity and kind of genius thing, which probably makes him standoffish. But then I don't know how much did he make when Disney bought it? It had to be probably Uh, he sold it for four billion, didn't he? That's what I thought he did. Yahtzee. How much did George Lucas (laughs) to Disney for? (laughs) I'll ask in Google. Uh, four four point five four point zero five billion dollars you sold Lucasfilm for. That's insane. And Disney's made it back, and then some. Plus, it, I mean, yeah, they but they know they had to to, to get them creatively. They had to. He, he has just enough creative decision in it, just enough because I think he really let them take the wheel with 
um, Force Awakens and all those. I think so. I think that was, uh, you know, who was the writer for that? Um, I'm forgetting his name. He wrote, he wrote Lost and Star Trek. Oddly. Oh, Abrams, J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams, yeah. Yeah, I think he kind of ran with it along with the, I guess, brain trust of Disney. But I think that's a good starting point. So we got a lot to get into for uh, this past episode. I guess they call it Chapter 10. It's Episode 2 of Season 2, but chap- we're going to be discussing Chapter 10. Uh, Passenger. Yeah, the passenger. So let's do something because we had we had touched on uh, the Star Wars. Uh, what do I want to call this? We had touched on the Star Wars timeline, and uh, I was me and the kids were talking about Star Wars this week, and so I want to bring up. I got an actual timeline here that I want to bring up. Cool. That we can kind of pick apart and talk things through. Yeah, apparently Boba Fett's in his late forties. Apparently, could be, could be. So, are you seeing my screen right now? Oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. And that means people will see it too. Yep. So, if you're watching, obviously you see it. For our audio-only audience, let me explain what we're looking at here. We are looking at a timeline, uh, which is on the uh, x-axis. Um, it goes from oldest from the left hand of the screen to uh, the latest on the right hand of the screen. So it's a timeline and it's, it's segmented into the age of the Republic, the age of the rebellion and age of resistance. Now, let me explain what we're seeing here, what me and Ezra are looking at. In the leftmost quadrant of this timeline, we have age of the Republic and we have episode one, two, and three, we have the Clone Wars, uh, and these are all movies and or series uh, that in the Star Wars universe. Uh, Solo, and then I think soon to be made Obi-Wan Kenobi, and that's in the Age of the Republic. So that we're looking at the start of the canon. Is that what we were calling it? You, you used a brilliant word last week, canon. Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty much the, the canon timeline. Canon timeline. And, and then you were Kenobi's before Rebels, but after Solo. Exactly. Well... Oh, no, no, no. So these movies span from this to here. Oh, one's kind of in between. And that's probably a set point in time where Solo, I think, followed his uh, multiple shenanigans. See, the Rebels followed this series, The Rebels. um, It lands lands right into New Hope. Exactly. Exactly. And then... um, we have Rogue One, which is right about the time of Star Wars A New Hope, because, of course, we remember that was about stealing the first Death Star's plans. Um, and then, of course, we have Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And at the very tail end of Age of Rebellion, we see Mandalorian. Okay, so this is where we're at. Now, look if at we look all that at- ahead of it. So if you're... I'll throw in that there's a there's so many things crammed into everything right between Jedi and Episode One, and then right after Mandalorian kicks in, just a little bit after Return of the Jedi, there's just this empty span before Force yeah. Awakens kicks in. I'm talking that's probably like decades of time before Force Awakens comes back into play. Well, this is what I wanted to posit to both you, Ezra. And to our listening and viewing audience, this is a question. Uh, if you have a moment, if you know the answer, please put it in the comments down below. Uh, if you're listening through audio, shoot me an email. Am I making sense? One four three at gmail. 
Com. He'll post a he'll post a link to this as well, so you can follow yes. along. I'll link. I will link this. Um, so Mandalorian. Um, this timeline just goes and goes and goes to Ezra's point until the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi, and the Rise of Skywalker. Now, here's what's interesting. So we know Skywalker was born. If we look at this timeline here, Ezra. And we, we go all the way to the left until the end of episode three, Revenge of the Sith. We know Luke and Leia were born around where this timeline notches up, right? Like right in this type area. Yeah, they're, they're born right, basically like they're born in that. So you can say right there and Luke still, so that means Luke and Leia were growing up in the middle of Solo and Kenobi's adventures. Right. They're still young in, uh, in Rebels. I mean, Luke's really, he's young in A New Hope. Yes. He's hes basically a, te- let's say, late teenager. I would put him at 17, 18, right? Maybe. But yeah. this brings up a great question, Ezra. This is, and this is what me and my children got into this discussion. Is Han Solo, Princess Leia, Obi-Wan, Luke Skywalker, and then even the Mandalorians, are they human biology? And let, let me follow up with a question, because the reason I ask that is I'm assuming if Luke is born here and we know what happens on the rise of Skywalker right here, was this maybe 70, 80 human years? Because that's how old Luke looked. Or is it that Jedi age slower? Or is it that Luke isn't a human? And maybe he was like 200, 300 years old. And so then that, it, you know, the timeline, I, I don't know the span of a, of a creature we're assuming he's human, but maybe not. They, according to at least, well, I think Google gets it from fandom. Uh, okay. They are considered humans. Okay. Um, within it, because uh, from at least from what my my opinion is, I mean, there's so many other species touched on, and they're good about kind of delineating the two. However, uh, because they are our Jedi and Jedi family. They are um, probably considered that that aids them in having longer, longer yeah. lives. I, so that's what I'm thinking. So maybe what I'll do, and I'm just going to throw this out here to convert this to earth years. Um, and that's another, uh-huh. every planet has its own time, whatever, but let's, let's equate this timeline to earth years. Let's assume a hundred years, sorry. <laughs> the human a human Jedi live between 100 and 125 years. Okay, beautiful. Perfect. So let's assume he's, since he looks a little aged in Rise of Skywalker, let's put Luke at 115 right here, or 110. So we're talking this spans 110 years. So this is interesting to me, man. When I saw this, I, I was kind of thinking, wow, this, that means... Um, you know, Mandalorian, he probably only missed, he probably knew Jabba the Hutt. He probably knew Jabba the Hutt because if we go left here from Mandalorian, he's been to Tatooine. He, it's, he seems to have some kind of understanding of it, right? So he potentially could have been rubbing shoulders with Boba Fett and Jabba back then, unless this Mandalorian that we're following is very young. I mean, I don't know. Possibly he would be a money thinker where he'd be age wise. Um, Oh, the internet's no help. Well, they're, they're, they're kind of saying that 
the internet, the internets or Google. I'm looking for Luke Skywalker's age and rise of Skywalker. Okay. So they don't really touch on that. Let me, let me double check here. Okay. While while you're checking, I'm going to keep talking through my thoughts. Okay. And then at any point you can jump in. Um, so what I find interesting here, I'm going to assume that baby Yoda is some kind of obviously a, a, a being with a strong force uh, was in the universe prior to Ray, which means there must be a tangent timeline out here of stories that can be told or hopefully will be told around this baby Yoda character. So I guess what I'm trying to do is from another word you used in our podcast la last week, which I really liked was foreshadow. I, I think I got to imagine we can foreshadow, you know, probably a dozen different spinoffs because he's going to grow some power. And that means that power is existent out there in this universe. Oh, okay. You're kind of trying to, you're kind of trying to figure out where he would be. Yes. Um, his age once uh, Force Awakens comes into play. Right. Because it, so when he exists, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm kind of, I know you're getting with this. And I'm like, man, why, where was he in any of it? Uh, yeah. Because there was all this hoopla when uh, Rise of Skywalker came out during uh, Mandalorian was released. It was on episode two or three by the time it came out. Yeah. And people were like, oh, there's going to be a reference to, to Baby Yoda or Mandalorian. And I'm like, they, it would have been, it would be way too far ahead, according to this timeline, at least. Yeah. I mean, because on this thing here, uh, The Last Jedi, uh, Luke is 53 years old in The Last Jedi. So this. Oh, that's it? Timeline, oh, yeah. So this timeline's super exaggerated. Huh. That's really exaggerated. I mean... Well, then let's talk about this. Because now I'm starting to wonder about the writing. Um, the writing. Because the way they portray the Empire in Mandalorian is as, as though it's this dusty, ancient order that people barely know about. But can you imagine... Let's say the United States fell today. And you fast forward 15 years. Everyone's going to have a very vivid memory of what America was. Well, it hadn't it hadn't crashed too hard because if you remember in episode one, they're literally celebrating in the uh, that one cantina when Cobb Van they show him yeah it blew up right and they show the scene of the Death Star blowing up yes and in that same exact scene they show those uh the new the the miners come in and right. take over literally right. within seconds of uh yeah <clears throat> so uh, what um in that story wasn't he at least their sheriff for yeah. a, a few years of a run yeah yeah he was that's so, so like yeah what you're kind of touching on it's kind of boggling my mind a little is um this is where people who follow canon are kind of starting to question the liberties, the, the, yes. the hard, the, yeah, the diehards of yeah. Star Wars canon are, well, wait a minute now, because the way Mandalorian is being written, there, there are, are some liberties to kind of make this fit into a timeline. Sure. Um, and I, I think there's not a big desire to have it stick to a timeline only because it's standing so strong as its own um, create creative uh, storyline. Yeah. So maybe they're 
don't, for lack of words, don't care if they completely stick by yeah. canon storyline. I mean, and again, with this timeline you're showing me and we're looking at here, there is a very, like, a lot can happen in all of that. Yes, a lot can happen. And that's why I'm thinking <clears throat> this is a juicy um, plot thickener, if you will, that could go back and maybe make something in this age of resistance a little more compelling than these movies. Now, this podcast isn't uh, you know about critiquing these movies, although I think we have to kind of put all the pieces together from time to time. Um, and we, I definitely have my opinions about them but for now. Let me do something. Actually, Ezra, if you don't mind, I'm going to stop sharing. I think our man, our surprise guest might have, uh, just pinged me. Um, no. Okay. So our, our surprise guest is still, I was going to play him in. Yeah. I no. just wanted to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, when, if, and when he comes, um, then we'll play him in. Uh, so let's jump into chapter 10, shall we? Or is there anything, any other things you want to cover before we jump into the meat of it? The election. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just, I had, I couldn't oh, resist. <laughs> yeah. We are, we are, we are comics. Yes. The election. I'm, I'm not really one, but, um, the, no, we'll dive right into it. Um, okay. Um, I'm doing what we did last time. Um, for those just kind of listening, joining in, um, I play the episode in the background while I'm talking to Matthew. Okay. And um, this one was a lot shorter. I consider 12 minutes a lot shorter. It was instead of a 50, 41 minutes. Oh, I thought that was weird. Let's talk about that. <clears throat> it seemed like they pulled up a little short on this, right? Yeah. Now what's, oh man, I, I'll just acknowledge the, uh, I'll acknowledge the, uh, the crate dragon in the room. Ha yeah, ha. That, uh, that people online, we also, uh, Shalane and I were geeking out while we watch it. I have on my, we watch it and I'm playing on my phone. A uh, Star Wars theory runs a, uh, a watch party during his watch party. People are chiming in. There's accusations that this episode is full of filler. Like in a bad way. It's very yeah. negatively connotated that, yeah. It's all filler, and I'll, I'll go for the record saying what I did last time. All of the episodes are um, being sidetracked because the whole series is about him being sidetracked. Yes. He's trying to do one thing, maybe two, which is find more Mandalorians and get his uh, get Baby Yoda to his people. And the whole story, the whole Mandalorian is one big sidetrack. Yes. And this one, I'm like, if you don't keep that in mind with this one, yeah, you're going to have that opinion about this episode as it plays. Um, so I'm gonna how, did, throw, how did you feel? Well, I'll throw out a word, yeah. a big word that I don't understand and I'm probably using outside of the correct context. But I think to your point, you have to get meta with this series and know that the story that's being told is a story of an of, of a individual who is living a chaotic life, who no longer has a home and who has basically done something that um, he's never done before and may not be capable of, which is to adopt and be a caretaker of another creature. So to get meta on it, your point is, is right on the nose in the sense that, well, it's kind of meandering, but right now, what is his goal? So let's actually, let's try and level set. What is his goal right now? His main goal is to find another Mandalorian. 
because he doesn't really know what to do with Baby Yoda. There's no Baby Yoda mission, so to speak. Like if we're doing, if we're campaigning in an RPG or something, Baby Yoda isn't an overarching story arc yet, right? Or am I wrong? Uh, yes and no, because what the, the, the main things that we gather at the end of season one and at the start of season two is um he makes kind of a double decision in case he's a connection. Okay, I've been told by the armor that I am this baby Yoda's caretaker, the child's caretaker until we find some of his people. But because he knows nothing about the species, yeah. he's kind of played back in. He's doing this gray area of the force thing. I don't know if I still don't fully know if he realizes how force sensitive the child is. Yeah. But he does know that finding other Mandalorians will help him in some way or another because they all seem very vague with how they operate what one knows one doesn't know yeah so he's pretty much kind of going well let me find some of my people so it's like a goal within a goal like a, a means oh, a, a means to a need or something like that however it's worded but i guess yeah so i guess it's one of these things where you go finding a man another mandalorian is step one to finding baby yoda's people uh, yes. and so it is it is being roundabout right now. I, um, I when at the end of the scene, I was kind of like, oof, I hope they're going to be able to put a bow on the passenger and make that something more meaningful or some kind of like you've used the word foreshadowing. I hope it's leading to something and that whole, um, you know, carrying the, the eggs and baby Yoda eating it. I hope it's just not random like the other critics. Yeah, I I actually thought about this earlier today while I was at work. I was kind of thinking, what are they doing? Because I had a moment to kind of try to plan for where our conversation was going to go. And I thought, is this is this just one mega elaborate setup? Are we going to, in come episode three, four, five, whatever, are we going to look back on this and go, oh, that's why this happened? Because... Yes, I can't. I can't fully disagree and go. This is not filler. I totally, two hundred percent understand why yes. people watching this said, "What the hell's going on?" Because it does seem random. Very random. It seems very random. Because all it, the episodes so far had strength on their own. I'm not gonna lie. This episode doesn't have strength on its own. I don't think so. Um, but I, there were some funny things in it. Um, oh yeah, you you know we're we're both parents, and um, baby Yoda keep putting things in his mouth all the time, and the parent having to go stop eating that, stop eating that. It's very much like a child that baby Yoda. Yeah, this is the most uh, relatable episode of wow. Look at him trying to just <laughs> don't touch this, don't do that. He's just yeah. trying to really, really. Uh, you, uh, what you, minute, you what minute are you on, childhood. Ezra? Because I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to sync up. I'm watching it right now, but I want to sync up with you wherever you're at. I am. Wow, I'm already halfway through. That's how short it is. She's uh, He's there gathering the eggs when she's in the tub. Oh, I'm the there. Tub. I am. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll oh. just, uh, she, he's gathering the eggs. Uh, he, fi he stopped the child from eating them. Yeah. But so... Let's go really, okay, let's do geek out. We're in geek out time. 
Did those spiders remind you of an episode of Rebellions or Rebels when uh, they were on some planet? It wasn't an ice planet, but uh, these spiders were like preying on one of their bases and coming out and they had to set up these force fields. It looked a lot like that. And me and my kids were wondering, oh, are these the same spiders from Rebels? But we know it wasn't an ice planet. It was some other planet. And they had that mouth um... under them. Comment down below if you know what I'm talking about in Rebels, if you've watched Rebels. Well, um, are they in Hoth in Star Wars Rebels? Uh, I, I, they may have been, yeah. Let me, let me double check. Oh, I guess they are in Hoth on, um, on there. But because he's, he's, this isn't Hoth. Where he's at isn't Hoth. Um, but. Gosh, I I only I noticed that the only thing I kind of learned from some research before I was doing this was that these uh, spiders were. I think they're of their own design for this episode. Okay. uh, Because I know we've been looking for familiarity in certain creatures, but Mandalorian has brought so many new species in. I'm watching them hatch right now. Yeah, I just watched Baby Yoda eat it. Oh, baby Yoda, don't put that in your mouth. So do you want to know where I thought this episode was going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought what was happening. Well, first off, I don't know what role the passenger is going to play. I'm hoping that it's uh, it's tied together nicely. It feels huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, where I was going is, so her eggs obviously are important to her. Maybe they're somehow important to the story overall. And I was thinking baby Yoda was going to pop him in his tummy and that when they go, maybe there was going to be an emergency and they had to go make a jump. Yeah. The, the eggs were going to be saved inside of him, <laughs> but I don't think Ooh, it's out. maybe no, you're not oh, crazy. You, you said that cause uh, you're not the first I heard that from. And that's oh. good because it shows that we're going on a right path mentally yeah uh, one video says that they go what if he's actually he knows something about them that he can't communicate but he knows that he can store them yeah and and it's going to be this maybe it has something to do with them being able to actually flourish because <laughs> i couldn't help but keep thinking that's a supposed to be saving a species and he's just eating them like that yeah <laughs> it would be very Good writing, almost coincidental style writing to go, oh, of course he was just stashing them for yeah, later yeah. to for the good of their these species existence. Yep. Yeah. So that was my only thought on it. But then I don't know, it kind of ended early. Um, and you know, it doesn't look like he he would be able to make the jump now with as beat up as the ship is. Here's another topic I wanted to cover. How fucked up is that? for rebel pilots to land, save the day, and then fly away, possibly leaving him to die slower. You know, when they they were shooting off the spiders, I was like, what the fuck? We said that too. (laughs) That was exactly what we thought. We're like, so they're not going to really help him there. They might as well just arrest him. Yeah. It kind of gives me this idea because we are in this unknown time period of this is post rebellion. Yeah. Uh, on uh, one video I touched on for researching was 
it's that slow in because now the empire's gone, it's that slow for galaxy police to go, uh, well, we're just stopping people for lights or <laughs> for yeah. traffic lights. Like oh, that. that's so funny. That's what it was. It was they're a like, uh, ticket. Yeah, pretty much they're gonna give a fix it ticket and like, well, we're gonna stop you for that. And it's kind of interesting that I have this feeling that because Mandalorians are so unknown, they're not Empire, that maybe the Rebel Alliance has a hunch that because he because he say he didn't kill uh, D- Davin, right. he like kept him alive. So they're like, well, he we, he won't kill us. He's not out to kill us because he saved some of us. Yeah. So let's let him do his thing. There's like a trust, kind of like a vigilante, uh, the way that like some superheroes in comic books get away with, well, how come like no one caught Batman? No one caught Punisher. It's like, well, cause they are helping police's job. So he's kind of helping the rebel Alliance's job more. Yeah. 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 But then they don't fix them because like, well, you're not really one of us. Yeah. Could be. I, and I did think that that was interesting that they were still patrolling and then I liked that scene where they were going through the canyon because it reminded me of, well, it reminded me of two things. We'll do a crossover reference here. It reminded me of two things. Well, number one was um, every time an X-Wing fighter has to go into the crevice to drop a torpedo or go into the middle of, the, of a Death Star, right, to do whatever they got to do. Yeah. It also got me thinking, oh, yeah, Top Gun 2 was supposed to release this summer. <laughs> oh, oh, man. And, and I think Goose. that canyon taped in that one. With the planes. Yeah, that was interesting that that's going to be in a... We'll have to geek out on, on that sometime, but that's... Yeah. It's funny. It made me feel like like the video game. And uh, I, I think there's like a larger realization. Uh, the one thing that Mandalorian's doing, I'm glad you did touch on Top Gun, actually, because uh, I'm going to bring the two together. Nice. I think people who are writing... I've touched on the need for nostalgia and the way that the way things were at some point in our lives that, Hey, people are just want action or people do like, they don't need to be over dramatic. They can just be visually like in the way that John Wick came out after decades as something super, uh, um, super refreshing for being touching on old stuff. Mandalorian with this, uh, chase scene this one-on-one kind of because they i don't think the chase scenes were done they were too hokey and all in force awakens last jedi rise skywalker they were just too hokey this one he gets his chip kind of gets ching out a bit and you get like oh he barely made it kind of that's nice yeah it, it was definitely cool yeah the uh top gun not coming out this year was a bummer for me i mean there's much bigger things to be bummed out about this year but uh, I was looking forward to that one. I think it'll be coming out next summer. Maybe. I don't know. Should be a good one though. So to bring it back, here's where I'm at. I still kind of, so I assume the mission is still just to find another Mandalorian. Um, yes. it feels like we left the Bobo Fett lead dangling because now he's <laughs> flying somewhere else with this passenger. Oh, um, they've got the Boba Fett things. That's that's cooking. <laughs> the Boba Fett thing is kind of. <laughs> you, I already know what they're doing with that. They know that they they don't have to touch on that until the last episode. Okay, because <laughs> we're we're thinking the fact they even brought up 
yeah. tells me we know that's in the back of our head more than anything. More than anything. That's right. <laughs> yeah. More than anything. So obviously that is, I doubt it's going to be a loose thread. Someone will come back and sew it up for us. But so now I don't, here's what I'm feeling. I, I definitely agree with the critique that this could have been, dare I say, a throwaway episode. If, I'm glad you said that, but I'll let you finish your thought. Well, yeah, if they can't, if they can't sew together this creature, the passenger, which they have to, because the name of the episode is passenger. We can't go back and look at the, whatever you call it, discography 10 years from now and go, remember the passenger and how it made no sense to any other, like I'm sure passenger has meaning, but if they don't loop that together, then I'm kind of lost right now. I don't really know where the over story, the top, the, I guess the, um, the arc of the arc of it, where it's it's like, where are we? And so I'm feeling lost. Well, I'm glad that you uh, said that because that that so much is the feeling of this, uh, and, and it'll get tied up. And what I think that uh, I, I'll say this, and this is something I've been seeing across all platforms of social media with this, including the streaming opinions on the comments, is that before this came out, they jam packed the hype, like. Oh, Boba Fett's going to return and there's all these videos about it. Ahsoka's going to be in it. Yeah. Sabine Wren, um, all these things. So people are coming into the, like for season one, no one had expectations. You yeah. just watched it and loved it. Season two, we're like, okay, well now I have a ton of expectations. Mm. And if this isn't going to come out and just meet and exceed these expectations, I'm going to get annoyed. And this episode doesn't touch on any of that. Like we don't know what this frog is. We don't know all this. And somebody who is on the fence with baby Yoda, the child, they're going to, they're going to rip this episode apart and go, well, they just tried to be cute. Cause he does so much cute crap. I'm looking right now. Yeah. They're doing so much cute stuff in this episode where they're probably like, this episode is a cash grab. This episode was a, and it's like, it's going to go somewhere. I mean, they're not going to spend $10 million on an episode, not have it go anywhere. Yeah. So, but it does tell you for like the upcoming episodes, <clears throat> I, I, and they won't lose people. People are going to watch this whole thing. Yeah. But as you count the episodes, now we got six left that they got to touch on Ahsoka, touch yeah. on Sabine, the dark saber. Where is uh Moff Gideon? Like, yeah. uh, is Boba Fett coming back? They have to touch on all this stuff. And Carrie, we know Cara Dune's coming back and grief Karga. Like all that still happens. I lost my breath talking about it. How much has to happen. So maybe I wonder if, I wonder if maybe this was a short episode because other episodes need to be longer. So they just, yeah. uh, all right, let's buy ourselves a week or two. Oh my God. What if it was as something as simple as they just didn't have the entire thing in the can at the time of release? Wouldn't that be crazy? No, it's got to well, be done, right? So uh, there could be a couple things with that because they're, like we touched on before we started doing this podcast was talk when we you and I talked about the fact that um um gosh it's Pedro Pascal that yeah. he already was losing touch with 
I don't want to wear the mask. I don't want to do the, like kind of being yeah. nitpicky about what he wants to admit. This could have been one of the episodes that, because I, because I'm not as educated with filming processes, was this one filmed later or even though they wrote it in a certain order? Yeah. It was this one filmed later. Who knows? But <clears throat> they maybe kind of did like a, not, again, I'm trying to stay away from saying it's a filler because what they did was, uh, <clears throat> it's very important to show that Mando, Mando's stance with being that middleman, the vigilante, showing that, okay, yes, he's running from bad guys, so he's not a bad guy, he's a good guy, but he's not quite a good guy because they're after him. It helps further solidify, look, he's his own person. They're not going to mess with him, but they're watching him. Yeah. Uh, the main thing. You know he's now. Yeah, yeah, they know it, and like, what I'm wondering is, uh, since we we've seen uh, the rebels save his ass twice, uh, in in um the prisoner back in episode six of uh, hmm. where the Bill Burr one that they yeah. they go and they don't know they're saving his ass, but they saw the ship then, yeah, and now they saved his ass here again. Are we gonna see rebels come back again? Because this obviously. Like you, you touched back on the timeline. Where are they going with? Because it's not going to be just about Mando, whether you like it or not. They're going to have to set up where's the Rebel Alliance going? Yeah. Where? Because all that is still happening and has barely been touched on. So is this to kind of pepper in? By the way, there still is the Rebel Alliance, even though the Empire is gone. Yeah. Are they? Are they kind of like, hey? It does exist, so don't you forget about them. That's right. So looking at this, Sabine, Sabine was a teenager in Rebels. Well, she's, she's going to come back older. Yeah. So she's going to be who knows how old. Oh, you know what? I forgot to tell you. I, uh, I, I slipped up and I told my kids, I kind of spoiled her. I said, oh, yeah, Sabine is going to be <laughs> in this season and they lost their shit. They were like, what? Because she's literally their favorite character. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> oh, and then played by Sasha Banks. Like, I don't know if your kids watch wrestling, but the WWE superstars are like, there's such, if the rock hasn't proved it, I mean, yeah, Hulk Hogan and people sucked back then. But after yeah. the rock, we've seen that wrestlers make good, good actors. And I mean, well, John Cena is questionable, but Sasha Banks is going to be dope as Sabine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's going to be cool. But I, I hope they get to it soon or something soon. Like you said, there were so many different areas that uh, we're kind of expecting that. Uh, I don't know. Like you said, seven more. There's so much expectation Um, that, you know, in a larger scope of things, I want to say as somebody... I tell people that this podcast touches on you don't have to be a master of Star Wars dork to do to enjoy it. If you right. just want an overview of yeah. something and you want um this this the age I'm old here saying this, but technology, the hype, the way the hype travels, I can't really tell if we've uh helped or hurt uh story driven media by things like hype 
coming into play or people expect expect i heard this and i heard that and at any time all just like anything else in life if our expectations aren't met even if it's in a story we're disappointed or we're like oh like well so i can tell you um i know exactly what you're talking about and this is this is an observation of society we went from being, well, here, here's the evolution of America over the last, I would say, let's say 30, 40 years. Ah, 40, let's go 50 years. We went from being um, participants, meaning the most of us at, at one point, let's say pre-1970, all of us participated in something where we we either, if we were into some kind of sports, whatever, basketball, football, most of our exposure was by either playing as kids or maybe when we were adults, had rec leagues, and we played. And then we did things, right? Obviously. Then we turned into the age of the fan. And that was kind of the nostalgia period for me, like the 70s, 80s, and even to some extent the 90s. But over the last 10 or 15 years, we're not fans, we're critics. <laughs> So we went from ah. doing to watching and being a fan to now we just criticize everything, which that's why when we went into this, we were like, well, let's not be, I don't want to be overly critical of it. Cause I'm just having fun watching it. And I'm a casual fan. Uh, so I don't want to jump into being a critic. Cause I agree with you. What we're watching is good fucking television, right? Yeah. It's beyond entertaining. Yes. And that's the context with which we do our reviews. Like, Oh, this was fun. What about that part of what's going on here? So I, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be overly critical if it kind of fizzles out, but, but I also think like, man, they must have so many, well, you said it, right? How much is it per episode? They're spending 10 million per episode. Yeah. 10 million dollars. You're looking at $80 million worth of, and probably beyond that. I bet with the way that Disney hemorrhages money, you're looking at a hundred million dollars a season per worth of project. Yeah. Cause I mean, so you're there's talking a- advertising and merch and God knows what. So I'm going to put my faith into the writers. <laughs> I know they're cooking something up. So let's think of, let's, let's use our imagination. One other thought I had, what if this gal trying to get her eggs to her husband, what if her a husband is some kind of, integrated into either maybe not the rebellion, but somehow is tied into um, being able to help out with this baby Yoda situation, or maybe even another man Mandalorian. What if the husband is the key player? Yeah. Cause I mean, what if there's a, it could be force sensitive too. I mean, cause yeah. we're, we're at a point where um, there's like a, there's not many Jedi left. What if they're using this? And this is a fun what if. <laughs> what if they're using this to kind of introduce one other Force-sensitive oh, character into it? Nice. I mean, I know that's a reach, but it sure would be... Uh, gosh, my mind really runs with that. I don't want to run with that one too far, okay. only because of uh, it's a long shot. But you never know anymore. Like, because right. Star Wars canon, the one thing that, you know, I talk about canon all the time is it's so expansive. They, yeah. uh, during my research, they, that Cobb Vanth character, he's in three books worth of stuff that's post Return of the Jedi. I mean, there is legions of books 
that everything lines up with everything else. They don't, Star Wars has not taken the literary, uh, literature liberties that they did in, they do in like comic books. They just, yeah. in comics, they just change, change the universe. Oh, well, this is Earth 616. This is, yeah. Earth. but in Star Wars, they're like, no, it's all one big ass story, like the Bible. Nice. Nice. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, the story is probably well thought out and we're going to get some goodies. Uh, but that's kind of all I had to cover for this week's review. There was nothing too juicy to kind of rehash, I don't think. What do you do you have anything on your side that What about Cara Dune being a lesbian? I'm just kidding. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding on that. My, my, just to screw with people a little, after I finish these episodes, uh, I like to go on TikTok with the credits rolling and uh, I'll say like three or four BS things. I mean, they're not true. I'll be like, I, Darth Vader had a love child. I'll just throw whatever out there because everyone's like, no spoilers. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. have fun with it. But I mean, that's what this is. It's so fun. I mean, I don't want to keep repeating it, but the fact that it brings everybody on board, that it's not just, yeah, this will make other people want to watch other Star Wars stuff. They might go, Hey, if I liked this, yeah, maybe I I will like Empire Strikes Back. Maybe I will. I mean, you never know. You never know. Could be good. All right, then, then we'll go ahead and we could call it a wrap. For today, our special guest never showed. Oh, I apologize. Oh, I'm going to have to hit him up tomorrow and see what happened. Well, George Lucas is busy. So, I mean, that's... He's a big guy. He's a big guy. And, you know, when we were hanging out with him the other day at the uh, screening, me and you, he he seemed like he was really into our podcast and uh, said, just, hey, yeah, give me the Zoom number. But now, you know, he's probably busy... Uh, I don't know what they do once you've had made four billion dollars. Yeah, I don't want to keep calling him. I called him once, and like he, he was, he was, uh, he was swimming in his money like Uncle Scrooge, and he's like, "I'll call you back. I got a coin in my keister." And yep, the the old coin in the keister. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, awesome. Well, I'm excited for for next week's. Um, if I had to kind of project, I will say for next week. Um. Be ready for an episode that's going to be hard hitting because I know I I know that the last few have been ooh exciting and it's it's about that time for uh, yeah. the episode that for them to do an episode that makes you go you're either going to cry or just be like no on the next one because they haven't done anything mega mega dramatic yet and we're 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 raring for it you could just feel it I wonder. For episode three, you know. Yeah, I, and I almost wonder if this was kind of, even though this one, it, it was action-packed. I don't want to say it wasn't action-packed, but for the, there were so few things to piece together as, um, you know, the main story arc. Um, I wonder if this was almost like the setup. And then yeah. week, there's going to be some big reveal that everyone goes, oh, or maybe they'll p- introduce another component another player or something and that's where we'll get the hook and maybe it'll put together a couple of the pieces for us so we'll start to see what the puzzle looks like yeah because i was worrying about when i saw the when baby yoda was eating the eggs i was thinking i even said to shalane i said hey 
what if they don't make it or what if something happens, you know, are they going to, is this going to cause some disastrous? Cause we've seen him succeed with everything yeah. and the magnitude of him failing this. Cause he already touched on it once. Like, like we can't even get us out of here. I'm not worried about your, he says it once when they're stuck, I can't even get us out of here. You know, this could be the big letdown that really tests uh, Mando as a character. So we'll find out, won't we? We will find out. Until next time, my friends. Here we go. We'll place out. All right.